I am shocked. That's the only way I can express my absolute surprise and amazement, and I shouldn't have been, but the announcement was made today that Bob Iger is stepping out as CEO and that Bob Chapek is being named as the new CEO of the Walt Disney Company. I'm Jeff Kober and this is a special edition of DisneyAtWork.com and we appreciate you joining us. I already did a great episode on show. If you haven't heard that episode, you need to hear that because we really poured my little heart and soul on that one. And it has a lot of really cool Disney stuff. But this is news and uh, I need to cover it and need to give you the context of what it means uh, to the company and maybe even what it means to you, what you can learn from it. So we're uh, taking a look at that and there is again a show notes page at disneyatwork.com may even be adding it to disneyatplay.com so check that out there as i said i am shocked and i'm not the only one out there who's saying the same i got this flood of texts as the announcement came out and and look look at what the major newslets news outlets are saying stunning Abrupt, surprising, sending shockwaves through Hollywood. Feels like a band-aid being ripped off. This is coming from news organizations far savvier, thought possibly, than mine. Uh, from Wall Street Journal to New York Times to Variety and Hollywood Reporter. I mean, everyone is very surprised by the news that Bob Iger has announced on Tuesday, February 25th, that he's stepping down from his position as CEO immediately and that Bob Chapek, 60, who currently heads, serves as head of the theme park division and consumer goods, would take over. Well, Bob Iger had 20 minutes, 20 months, not 20 minutes, 20 months, that feels like 20 minutes, 20 months left on his contract. He is now remaining on as executive chairman focused on creative endeavors for the remainder of his time at Disney. Now, as I said, I'm not the only one surprised. I'm not the only one shocked. But we should have been reading the tea leaves on this all along. First of all, there were a number of reasons to believe this would happen sooner than later. First, uh, the major build-out of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, along with Rise of the Resistance, had already been put in play at both Disneyland and Walt Disney World. The acquisition had been completed for 21st Century Fox, which was a major, major step in Bob Milestone and Bob Iger's legacy of acquiring uh, big... Hollywood organizations such as Lucas and Marvel and Muppets and and Pixar. Then there was the debut of Disney Plus uh, late, uh, you know, or back in November, and that now being in play and happening. And even recently, Bob Chapek had reorganized his area um, with the idea that potentially it would be prepared and ready for more change to come. So why didn't we see it coming the way it came? Well, 
let's take a look at Disney's approach to succession planning. Now, at Disney Institute, we had the Disney approach to quality service, the Disney approach to people management, even the Disney approach to leadership. But I can tell you the one thing we never had at Disney Institute was the Disney approach to succession planning because there was no approach. Disney does so many things really, really well. But I gotta tell you, succession planning has never been its forte. Consider the following. Walt Disney, back in 1966, First time around, Walt Disney died way too unexpectedly. I mean, he knew he was he was dying and he had cancer, but but there was never a thought of real succession back then, uh, despite how good in many ways the organization had been staffed at, at many levels. But you know, we can expect this one. I mean, he died of cancer and it was kind of a surprising thing. So that's that we can kind of expect. Roy Disney came out of retirement, made Walt Disney World a reality, also opened up Walt's dream of CalArts, kept the organization going for about five years, and then after, just shortly after Walt Disney World being dedicated, he also died unexpectedly. Although he was planning to go into retirement and was thinking of succession planning, still... He did so, and he his efforts at that time really were without any real creative leadership at the helm. He simply left the business in the hands of Card Walker and Don Tatum. Not to say anything negative of either gentleman, but they were not creatives. They were simply good guys who had been with the company for many years. They went through their turn, which was about the opening of Epcot and also Tokyo Disney and then Card turned over the reins to Ron Miller who was Walt's son-in-law. You know, it's family, but the fact of the matter is is that transition even if he were family quote unquote, that transition gave a scent to Wall Street Wolves that this company might be easy prey. And that started a whole slate of activities that eventually led to Michael Eisner coming in as CEO and F Frank Wells becoming the president of the company. And by the way, if you don't know the story of how they each ended up with the roles, Michael Eisner was creative for Paramount and, and was a head of the film division at Paramount and, and lots of great films from there. Frank Wells, an attorney, was um, over at Warner Brothers and when the board came to the two of them to figure out who would be in charge, they couldn't even make the decision. They turned to Michael and Frank and said, we can't decide who should be in charge, you guys decide. Now, when does a board ever tell the people they're choosing, what job would you like? But notwithstanding, how did that happen? What happened then? When they said this, Michael immediately in his, um, energetic um, way says, well, you know, it's a creative company. I think I ought to be uh, the CEO. And Frank Wells, who, God, heaven bless him, he said, you know, it is a creative company. I think he should be CEO and I should be president. And that created a great team partnership. And I love that partnership because it was similar 
to Walt and Roy. In the sense that Walt was creative and Roy was kind of the business side. After all, it's show business, right? So here we had the, the rebirth of the Walt Disney Company with Michael and Frank at the helms. And we had a creative person balanced by a business side. And both, although with all due respect, Frank, Frank was very creative in many ways and Michael had plenty of business savvy. All that said and done, Michael was never prepared 10 years later for the unexpected and very tragic death of Frank Wells, who at that time, again, was serving as president. He didn't know where to go, what to do, how to fill that role, wasn't even prepared to do that. And so in the aftermath, he brought on Michael Ovitz. And that was a disaster. And that individual did not last long. And so eventually Michael Ovitz was paid to leave and that was given the golden of golden parachutes to leave. And that left Michael Eisner alone. That didn't do any good for Michael. And so we went through this period of time where the company again began to tank because Michael didn't have that balance of someone else working alongside of him to make this happen. And, and so, uh, and so consequently, Michael Eisner stayed too long in his role as CEO that forced Roy E. Disney, who had played such a role in bringing him in along with Frank in the first place to then lead a movement to get rid of him, to oust him. Bob Iger was given an interim opportunity as this was happening, but it was awkward given that Michael really at times did not speak uh, highly of, um, of, uh, of Bob Iger. And that led to all sorts of um, awkwardness at the top ranks. Um, that notwithstanding, Bob Iger stepped in and my, oh my goodness, this has been a great era. And Bob didn't have that, that creative counterpart. I wouldn't say Bob is, I mean, Bob started as a, as a weatherman and a sportscaster and you know, kind of rose up through those ranks of television network and so forth. There is a creative side to Bob, no question, but he has managed to allow creative people to do their jobs. So that seems to have worked. In time, he eventually named, or, or the board at least, somebody named Tom Staggs as Bob Iger's apparent heir, only to have the board later fail to support him for reasons that have never really been made clear by the board. And that failure in placing someone in the interim role is why Bob has said he didn't want Bob Chapek in that same place of having not having the autonomy Bob would need in order to rise to this opportunity. That's a key reason why Bob Iger is saying, why he is announcing so suddenly this change with Bob Chapek. That said and done, it just feels weird. It just feels sudden. It doesn't feel thought through. It doesn't feel like, now you, you hear Bob Iger's, retort to that and he'll say, yeah, no, maybe new to the public, but we've been in discussion for some time. Chapik's known for several weeks and we've been discussing what that looks like and with the board much longer than that and that the board had interviewed other people. So so theoretically, this has been going on some point, but I, the public image does matter and it doesn't feel to the public 
that this has really been as well thought out and well planned. And frankly, Disney just doesn't have a really good... Um, it just it really doesn't have a really good background in succession planning, really. And so you just kind of question, is this working? Is this what... It, well, let me just talk about the good news and bad news of all this. First, the good news. I've always wanted someone in parks to head up the organization. So, hey, this is a good thing because somebody who understands and appreciates what's involved with the parks is now is now leading the entire company. And I love the parks, so this should be good news. Equally good news, Bob Iger, hey, he's still around as a chairman to shepherd things for the next 20 minute 20 months, not 20 minutes, 20 months until they're underway, so it should still have a gradualness moving forward. Um, everyone will report to Bob Chapik, but ultimately Bob Chapik will report to Bob Iger. So so that seems to be a good good news. It appears according to word that the board did do their homework. They looked at other candidates, they looked at other possibilities. Um, Bob Iger is going out at a strong time instead of at a point like Michael Eisner where he was burnt where you know things were burning out and things were going downhill. So it's great news that you know we're not losing Bob Iger on a bad note. Bob Chapek is no now some people have mixed feelings about Bob Chapek, but I I don't have a reason to have bad news, bad feelings about him. He he's no outsider to the company. He's been with the organization since '93, uh, 27 years, and has had multiple roles across the company, not just with the parks. He was also with Disney Consumer Products, which he still heads, or was heading until he was named CEO today, and even headed up distribution for Walt Disney Studios. So going back to the whole vault thing and things going in and out and and leading up to releases on VHS and and all those things, that is part of Bob Chapek's era. And so he gets, he gets this. And before he... Um, was with Disney, he worked in brand management with an outside firm. So he should get a sense, he should have a pretty good sense of the company as people go. You remember Tom Staggs uh, was really a CFO and then he went into the parks to give him a little bit of opportunity to grow and develop. Um, so this has been going on for some time with Bob Chapek. And so you have to say, yeah, you know, he's got experience and he's an insider. Then finally, I can assume that the aggressive, aggressive agenda with developing theme parks around the world will continue. And let me just say, I love this era of theme parks. There are really great things happening. You have seen Star Wars emerge. Um, you, Shanghai before that, though, I'd give Tom Staggs, even though Shapik was there at opening, I'd give Bob Tom Staggs more credit for trying to put that at the helm and and Iger for all the years he's been with that. But but here we've got Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And here we've got um, new attractions um, coming uh, like Tron to the Magic Kingdom and Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. We've got a complete makeover going on with uh, the um, with Epcot, all of which I love which you can't do enough of. We got new cruise ships coming in. We got new Marvel coming in. We got the Disney, Disney 
uh, Land Paris. That is now owned by the company and they're taking aggressive moves to improve Disney Studios Paris. That's all good news. There's great stuff coming in this spring at Tokyo. There's uh, um, Zootopia going in in Shanghai. There's a host of things going in Hong Kong Disney. I mean, it's all throughout the world. The new cruise ships, as I mentioned, New Island. This is a great time for parks and I can only assume that probably more of that will continue. So there really is a lot of good news with this. On the other hand, there's some things to be concerned about. Um, there are things to be aware of. First of all, I'm not sure how Hollywood will embrace Bob Chapek. He's really not coming in as a Hollywood insider. I'm not sure how inside the organization, other corporate leaders like Alan Horn, who you know, has been around the horn, so to speak, for many years, probably is ready to move on anyway, but is co-chairman and creative officer at Walt Disney Studios. Not sure how much longer he's going to stay on. Kevin Meyer, who's head up, held, um, headed up the Disney direct-to-consumer, uh, is chairman of that. Kevin Feige, president of Marvel Studios. Kathleen Kennedy, president of Lucasfilm. How are these people going to respond to Bob Chapek? That's going to be really interesting. Um, so there's an internal question mark, I think, that needs to be asked. Um, the uh, Walt Disney Company has to put on a solid show of support. Otherwise, there may be wolves at the door again. And let me just say, an apple can eat a mouse. So don't think it couldn't happen. And while I love Apple, I don't necessarily want to see them own Disney. I want to see Disney own Disney. And so there's a concern there. Um, just because you rip the Band-Aid off doesn't mean the wound is healed. And there still won't be more bleeding to come. And when there's blood, there are wolves. So I'm just a little concerned. Finally, I, I, let me just say, the organization needs a creative leader, not just a business leader. It is show business. Two words, the show, the business. Chapek doesn't even come across as charismatic, much less as a storyteller. And that's at the heart of this organization. I wouldn't say that was Bob Iger's greatest strength either, but he at least came across as doable on TV uh, and, and, in, and in interviews and other experiences. And, and just furthermore, I think the company needs to be led by a combined partnership of creative and business savvy leadership. So where's the creative? I know Bob has kind of done that with creative heads in, in different organizations. Maybe that's what will continue happening here. But let me add to this later point, because it's not just about creative diversity um, at the executive head of Disney. It's also about diversity at all. Um, our family exchanged texts right off the bat about this change um, because we're, we're a Disney family. And my daughter, far more astute to these things, wrote in our family texting the following quote. The question is, would anyone have realized there was a change in command without a press release, comma, since we are switching out one white dude named Bob for another? End of quotation. You know, I'm not the most savvy on diversity 
but she's got a great point here. The truth is, Hollywood has yet to really show that kind of diversity in the boardroom or at the executive level. Recently, the Hollywood um, Reporter did something called the Studio Chief Summit, where they interviewed uh, the seven top executives of the studios. Among those seven executives, two were women, five were men. There was no color or international representation for what is truly a global entertainment enterprise. To me, this seems to have been another missed opportunity. And again, I'm just saying, are you sure you checked everything? Now, despite this reality, again, I'm not saying this is a bad choice for Chapek to be put in as CEO. Is it really great? Bob Chapek is a good choice. In fact, Bob Chapek may be a better choice than a lot of other people. But is he the best choice the company can find? That's, that's what has yet to be proven by the board. Have you really, with all the billions of people in the world, you're saying this is the best and the only possible really, really great choice? Well, now in truth, in fairness to Bob Chapek, you'd have to have said the same thing of Bob Iger a couple of decades ago. Eisner didn't even throw great confidence toward Iger. And yet, you have to admit, Bob Iger has had a pretty great run. So what's next for Bob Iger? Well, in the short term, he stated, this wasn't a three day a week job as chairman, but he would be working full time until the end of his contract. Long term, well, he chuckled that it was too late for a presidential bid, although I don't see why an independent couldn't emerge still in this race. Um, but that's said and done. Here's the thing that surprised me. It surprised me that Bob Iger didn't show up for the opening of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Walt Disney World. He was there along with um, George Lucas and, and, and the original uh, actors um, the the original stars of Star Wars at Disneyland. But at Galaxy's Edge, it was a Bob Chapek show, which should have been, again, more tea leaves to read. And yet, even though he wasn't there at the opening at Walt Disney World, he made time to come out to the opening of the NBA experience at the Disney Springs? What's with that? Um, especially because the NBA... I think there's some challenges there that could be attended to. At any rate, every Disney at Work episode is really about not just what's going on at Disney, but what what does it mean to you? So you may not be uh, creating a new CEO position or filling a CEO position in the near term, but even if you're just a manager or you're just somebody out there um, in the trench trying to lead others. Ask yourself a few questions. How well are you uh, doing in surrounding yourself with a solid team? How good are you at developing contingency plans? What's your skill at developing your team for opportunities in the future? Are you stabilizing your organization for change? How are those in charge of determining future leadership? acting independently, intentionally, strategically, 
and with anticipation. All good questions. Doesn't matter if you're just filling a little frontline position or, uh, or you're filling the CEO role. You want to make sure that uh, you surround yourself with the best people possible. Well, hey, thank you for joining for this very surprise uh, podcast. There's so much more to the heritage of Disney's leadership. Definitely check out Disney Leadership and You. It's filled with stories uh, to include Bob Iger, but also over a hundred artists, Imagineers, and pioneers within the Walt Disney Company. You'll get great ideas for gaining better results by effectively working with others. So hey, go out to Amazon, Disney, Leadership, and You. Thank you for joining us for this Disney at Work work.com uh, podcast. Hey, please subscribe. Please share with others. Please give us a good rating if you like what you're doing. We're trying to be relevant. We are trying to be present. We are trying to bring you the best of Disney and ideas to transform your own workplace. So keep joining us. And in the words of Simbad's voyage, follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day.